Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Center 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors fall below 500 and uh, lose back-to-back games against Orlando Magic. Once again, just like I said at the top of the uh, previous loss to Orlando, um, all credit to them. They played really well. I thought the Raptors came into this game with a clear intent, which was to uh, improve their defense and their physicality. Uh, obviously, those two things go hand in hand. And, um, you know, that was the talk at practice. The Raptors very, very rarely practice on the road. But they got together at a, like a high school gym or something in Orlando on Saturday and, and got in the gym, which, you know what, honestly, you should get in the gym once you lose the Magic the first time. You know, if you go back and listen, and I think the, the press availabilities are available on YouTube, so you can go watch it. Um, the, you know, the focus was we're going to pick up our defense. We're going to be much more physical and so much, so much about defense, right? Even though I thought, well, offensively, the execution wasn't great either. But listen, defensively, the Raptors gave up like, what, 57% shooting to the Magic um, in game one. So, okay, better defense. Well, what do you see coming out the, out the gates? Pretty good defense. Raptors holding Orlando to 18 points in the first quarter. A lot of those were tough jumpers that they had to ultimately settle for. A couple of those were just like missed blockouts slash the ball, jumping the wrong way. And, you know, Orlando was, it, it looked like, okay, wow, the Raptors really did respond to that and, and, and bring you some tough defense. While the rest of the way, Orlando scores 29 points in the second quarter, 35 in the third quarter, and then 29 in the fourth quarter. Um, I think overall, the, the team's defensive numbers maybe look okay but i i think on the whole when you really look at it the raptors were not good defensively for three full quarters and that's an issue because the raptors are a team that is pretty much just built to defend um that has to be their calling card when you hear Masai talk about this team when you hear nick nurse talk about the team and even forget the talk right because like we can always hear talk you know you know whatever but we can see the action right like when we look at the the way the roster is built these are defense first players. The idea is you bring in these athletes who are six nine with seven foot wingspans, and they come in and they can defend every position. And then you teach them things like dribbling, teach them things like shooting, teach them things like you know how to have go to moves to create an advantage over guys, how to post up, right? Like, but the the idea is fairly clear, right? Like that's that's what they're doing. So um, offensively, them struggling isn't too much of a surprise. I mean, even last year when they were successful, they they still struggled to score. Uh, but defensively, the Raptors were able to get it together. And there is still lots of defensive potential in this roster. I don't think that that has to be something that needs to be questioned. But at the same time, um, you're just not seeing it right now. They're they're not cohesive. They're they're not making the right decisions. You know, obviously they have it in them as they did in the first quarter, but they didn't respond well. And it does feel like there's more gaps to plug, right? Like, again, like you look at this game, for example, the Raptors struggling on the offensive glass. Like, they need that, right? They they need that portion of their game where they're able to get like seven or eight more offensive rebounds than their opponent. And so they get seven or eight more shots than their opponent so that they can make up for the fact that they they miss more jumpers than, than anybody in the league. Um, but they didn't do that tonight. Orlando has done a really good job of using their length uh, and keeping the Raptors off the glass. And honestly, when you look at Orlando, I mean, their draft philosophy is similar. Now, of course, they have the huge advantage of the fact that they've been drafting a lot higher just because, you know, they never make the playoffs. But still, like, you know, their their philosophy is also quite clear. Uh, instead of 6'9 guys, they're just going to draft 7-footers, essentially. And when you look at their starting lineup, they're bigger than the Raptors across the board, right? Um, 
Paolo is bigger than Pascal, right? Um, Bobo is bigger than Christian Coloco. Franz Wagner, Scotty Barnes, roughly the same size, okay? But Mo Wagner, definitely a lot bigger than Gary Trent or Fred Van Vliet. And then Markel Fultz, a bigger guard than both two as well. And then, of course, they're bringing size off the bench in addition, right? You know, like Mo Bama coming off the bench. I thought he was awesome tonight. Really, really a huge presence at the basket. Um, and so, in addition to that, he can knock down threes, right? So, they have that formula. And and when you look at it, the Raptors were not able to dominate the glass. They were not able to get out and transition, you know? And these are things that you need from the Raptors to do, but they couldn't really do it. And, of course, once you get in the Raptors in a half-court game, that's where they're going to struggle, especially since OJ Anobi has gone down with a hip injury, right? Um, and the team is going to evaluate him once they go back to Toronto. You know, I, I'm worried about what that means because if he misses any extended time, you know, the Raptors, it's going to go from bad to worse. Um, he has been the Raptors' second-best player this season, and uh, you need him on both ends of the floor, and, you know, you just can't afford injuries there. Um, and then, on top of that, you got Pascal Siakam pick up fouls, and I thought this was Pascal's worst game of the season. I don't even think there's any debate or any competition, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I thought maybe at the start he was okay, but just throughout the course of the game, just did not give the Raptors enough but more importantly, he picked up his fourth foul with seven minutes and 20 seconds left in the second quarter. That's right. He picked up his fourth foul with seven minutes and 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The third foul was soft, but ultimately, Pascal was trying to seal Terrence Ross in early transition. The Raptors like to do those hit-ahead, quick-hit post-ups in transition, and Terrence Ross flopped on the play, but Pascal did put two hands on him. Nick Nurse reviewed. I don't think... Nick has reviewed one play correctly in the last uh, month. I, I actually think that the Raptors' success rate with reviews is like 30%. Um, I, I would love some stats on that. Maybe if people know where you can find numbers on those, I, I would love to know. I, I don't want to be incorrect on that, but just feeling-wise, there's a lot of that going on. Um, so reviews, Pascal does stick with that third foul. The Raptors are you know, just struggling, right? So Nick says, you know what? I'm going to trust Pascal to go out there and, and do something and and, and you know, stay in this game, continue to contribute while not picking up that fourth foul. Literally two minutes later, um, he picks up that uh, that foul at seven minutes and 20 seconds left. It was a position where Pascal had to rotate over to the basket and Mo Bamba was rolling downhill. I thought Pascal actually got there first, but decided to reposition himself last second to maybe draw more contact for the charge or making more of a contest. Uh, and yeah, he gets called for the fourth foul. It's a pretty clear foul. It's really just a defensive mistake. And, you know, the, the rest of the way, I just thought Pascal couldn't really play with foul trouble. Like, I, I think that this is something that has occasionally plagued them over the years. I even remember Nick Nurse calling him out for this at the start of the 2019-2020 uh, season about it. It's Pascal struggles to play with foul trouble. Like, he, he, he doesn't have the same level of aggressiveness both ends of the floor. Um, I think some of his fouls come down to reaching as well, though I don't think there were that many reaches today. But, you know, I just think that there is an element to his game that he really struggles with playing with foul trouble. And so he had a quiet game. OG is not there for you. And so what are you really left with, right? Um, I, I think when you think about Scotty, right, he he gave those quotes um, last week and also this week, both to Michael Grange, where he was saying that, well, you know, scoring is not my focus, right? Like, I'm, 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 you got to judge me on the rest of my game. Right, which honestly, it, it's you know, on tonight it'll be it'll be difficult to judge on the rest of the game because we're looking at two rebounds and zero assists. But 
I thought today Scotty actually made a more concerted effort to score, right? Started the first, uh, you know, quarter, the first play of the game. They get Scotty into the post, clear plan to get him the first touch, dump it down low for a jump hook. He scores. Honestly, it reminds me a lot of how JV used to be, right? They used to always force feed JV at the start of games. And then, you know, eventually they get one away from him. I don't I think this is, a, this is a different scenario because Scotty has the ball enough where he can choose to, to you know, to shoot. But honestly, I thought he, he was he was aggressive um, with his scoring in this game, uh, at least in the start of the game, right? And it just wasn't working for him. Um, I think that's the issue. I think he was two of seven at the end of the first quarter. Seven shots with Scotty in, in one quarter is a lot, especially when he's not making those. But again, you want to see that, right? Because OG's out, Pascal's in foul trouble. You know, Fred's still struggling with his shot. Who else is going to generate offense for you, right? This team is so lacking in offensive generators even when everyone is healthy that's why their half-court offense is so poor but when you're missing some some pieces you really really need guys to step up and take accountability and take ownership of the situation and so i actually really like seeing scotty try to do that he honestly was taking some decent ish shots like they, they weren't open because obviously orlando was all over them especially in the paint but like you know he he, he tried and it, it just wasn't going for him. And over the course of the game, he ends up scoring 11 points on three of 13 shooting. And I thought defensively, there was an effort from him. You know, there was a lot of discussion about how he's got to get better at navigating screens. I thought, okay, he did a better job of that for sure. Like, you know, he was on Markel Fultz, which is the, the point guard for Orlando, which means that you're probably going to be in a lot of screening actions considering you're guarding the, the point guard. Um, and I thought Scotty did a good job pressuring Fultz, got him to turn it over once, you know, just... Uh, just the usual pressure defense, right? Nick Nurse loves ball pressure. So he gave good ball pressure against Markel. Um, but the scoring just wasn't there. Like, to the point where, you know, he I think he stopped shooting, which is probably just self-awareness at that point, right? He just wasn't, he didn't have it going, so he didn't look for his offense. This isn't one of those games where the ball didn't go to Scotty or, uh, to, you know, there were no chances for Scotty or anything like that. Um, you know, he, there was a need for him to score. There were chances for him to score, and he just wasn't scoring. And so he started going away from it. Uh, but even towards the fourth quarter, when, you know, he was wide open for a free throw line jumper, he, like, very clearly was sort of in his head about that shot and ends up shooting a short, ends up, you know, missing from three as well. Uh, and then meanwhile, defensively, I just think the rest of the team, it's it's so hard because when you're struggling like that offensively, there is naturally going to be let off defensively. Like not only because of the fact that you miss a lot of shots, there's a lot more opportunities for the Magic to to run in the fast break and score. Um, which I, I thought was a problem. It wasn't like the big problem, but I, I think it's just like it demoralizes you a little bit and gives your opponent some more confidence, right? Knowing that you know what the Raptors might be locking me up now, but they're not going to they're going to keep missing shots. Meanwhile, we're going to get our offense going eventually, and that. That's kind of what happened. Second quarter, the Magic really started to to knock down some shots. Um, and, you know, the Raptors are still kind of in the game, but they're chasing it. Uh, their scoring was just was not there. Again, Pascal not being able to play the majority of the second quarter. OG being out. Scotty still, you know, really, really struggling with his scoring. What are you really going to? Like, at one point, the go-to play was let's run Thad Young uh and and get him to to take step back jumpers or let's let's play pick and roll with Ken Birch. Uh, to be honest, I'm not even I'm not trying to be flippant about this because I actually think Ken played well and he started the second half. Um but in general, the only other time I've seen the Raptors prioritize Ken Birch offensively to that degree was in Tampa. So make of that what you will, right? But 
ultimately that's sort of where the offense needed to come from was was that kind of stuff because the Raptors just couldn't knock down threes. When you look at it, the Raptors are six of twenty five from three tonight. That's twenty four percent from the field. Uh, what ultimately got the Raptors? I wouldn't even say they were in this game because they were really chasing it the whole way from from the second quarter onward. But um, what really kept them in the game was the officiating. The officiating in this game was just, I don't know, this game took a really long time. It made this like agonizing uh, viewing experience even longer just based of, uh, because of all the, the stoppages. But they called a lot of fouls. Like the Magic and the Raptors shot a combined 69 free throws, right? That's not a nice viewing experience. That's nasty to watch. And for the Raptors getting 38 free throws, that was the bulk of their scoring. Like, they actually couldn't generate much of anything else. The Magic have a lot of length. They they were able to shut down the paint. And, of course, the Raptors were able to unlock that by knocking down threes. I mean, there were stretches there where, you know, this is when Orlando started to pull away, okay? So, Pascal's off the floor, right? And and so, the Raptors really need some some outside shots just to keep the offense going, right? Like, the, the goal was let's just get to half. Let's keep it somewhat close. Let's get to half, right? Fred Lee has a wide-open corner three. He misses it. Then going the other way, Terrence Ross comes down a screen. He knocks down a three, right? Then Mo Bamba knocks down a pick and pop three. The Raptors weren't able to get out to him. Uh, then Gary Trent Jr. is found wide open in the corner for three. He misses it. Then Mo Bamba hits another three. And then Chris Boucher misses a corner three. Like, it, it, it's that stretch right there in the second quarter where the Raptors got three wide open looks and the Magic got three decent looks at the top of the floor. And I'm not even trying to, like, you know couch my statements one way or the other I, I i think wide open corner threes are really good looks and top of the floor threes with a semi closeout is objectively a worse look when you have that happen it was a little bit demoralizing Not, just from the viewing experience i imagine playing it it's probably even worse right because you're competing you're scrapping you come out you're like okay nick wants to play defense let's play defense okay it sucks that everyone got into foul trouble like really quickly um but okay, you know what? Fine. You know what? We're, we're still going to compete. We're still going to go after, you know, our shots aren't dropping. We're still going to rely on our defense. And then you miss three wide open threes and then the magic at three wide open threes. Like it's to the point where like you look at Orlando's shot making talent. They have a lot more shot making talent than the Raptors, which may not be borne out in the, the overall stats of the season because that's a young team. They're trying to figure it out, all that other stuff. But the Raptors is an established product for two years straight now. And I'm, I guess even going back to Tampa, but you, you know, whatever, Tampa was such such a mess. But let's just say the last two years, right? The two years straight, the Raptors has just been one of the worst jump shooting teams in the NBA. And it's not just because of the fact that the Raptors are missing shots right now. Like, um, you know, obviously Pascal's a better shooter than 0-4 from three. You know, um, Fred's a better shooter than 2-7 from three. Gary, 3-8, of could have honestly been a little bit better, right? You got wide open looks for Thad Young, Chris Boucher. I mean, they're turning to Kevin Burch for corner threes, like, Okay, that that might be an issue, but they're better shooters than that, right? And when you look at their percentages, OG's a better shooter career-wise than he is this season. Gary, Fred, all these things are true. And Otto Porter, the shooter they they added, has been injured for most of the year, although you probably could have seen that coming. And also, he shoots like three threes a game. Like, you know, if you, you again, you can't live and die off of those, right? Um, the real issue, though, is just like organize, organizationally, the 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 failure to add or the not even failure it's just like a lack of priority to add offensive talent just really is clear in in these games like yes it's a good idea to bring in these wings because you know they're very valuable in the league and you know there's a lot of switching in today's NBA although you don't see the Raptors switch as much right I thought Orlando switched more than the Raptors tonight but whatever you know it's fine um 
you know, you want these switchable athletes. And then, of course, ideally, you teach them some skill sets. Boom. You know, all of a sudden you have valuable players. And, of course, there is like a philosophy behind that. Right. And not, not just philosophy, but results. Right. Pascal turned out that way. OG turned out that way. But in, in the process since, which players have the Raptors brought in to fit that style that has really worked developmentally? I think Chris, in a very unorthodox way, has made it work for him. Right. And and I think he's developed into a, a pretty decent role player. Right. I thought, you know, the couple of misplays today just by getting blocked by Bomba, but, you know, went hard, you know, went, you know, strong to the bucket and was persistent on the offensive glass. Like he finds a way to contribute in his own way. He's invented his own role. But I wouldn't necessarily say that uh, that's what the Raptors want of all these guys. But these other like like wing players who just don't fully have the offensive skill set to like really do, uh, let's just say to be a plus offensive player, like it's tough. Obviously Scotty is the, is the other guy, which last season, I think he was there. But when you really look at the numbers last season, a lot of what Scotty did well was connect the play, right? Someone also beat the, the, the defense and then they would find Scotty who would either flash up to an open spaces for himself to score with little push shots or mid range jumpers, or he just had pretty good touch on scoring one-on-one in those sort of like, um, one-on-one opportunities, right? Um, where he's able to flash between the gaps, or he's able to make the next pass, right? Those were good. Uh, but it wasn't like a lot of self-generated offense. Like, eventually, as the year went on, or even at times last season, there was some more self-generated offense, but it's kind of a mix, right? Uh, again, he, he kind of fit in that mold of, like, the 6'9 athlete with the questionable jumper. Um, now, he was more advanced skill-wise than someone like Precious or someone like Delano or someone like you know, who the Raptors had over the years, like Utah or O'Shea Brissett or who all, you know, Wancho, uh, Bonga, like essentially like these endless string of six, nine athletes. Right. Um, he was more skilled offensively than those guys because of the fact that he had a sharper handle, uh, because of the fact that he had more of an ability to score around the basket with both hands and also the physicality to score down low. Um, but you know, and he had a great passive vision as well, but uh, you know, still, very similar, right? In terms of the offensive execution and the offensive skill sets. And yeah, when you look at all together, like it's not a surprise that the Raptors would struggle. Like when you think about the way the Raptors, you know, lose some of these games, it's, it's gone to the point where it's very predictable and it's um, it, very, very few games surprise you. Let's just say that, right? Because you know, right away, you're going to lose the matchup at center. You start in Christian Coloco. He is not prepared for this right now. Obviously, he has potential to grow into that. I'm not saying that it's his fault. Again, nothing like that, right? But two points in seven minutes with three fouls. How many times have you seen that happen already this season, right? Where where he comes in and he gets an early foul trouble and he misses a layup here or there, right? Um, so you know you're going to lose a matchup at center because obviously you're bringing like either Thad Young, who's undersized to play center, or Ken Birch, who actually played well tonight. But ultimately, when you look at Bull Bull, what he brought, when you look at Mobama, what he brought, they outplayed you at center, right? And and you don't have to look that further, right? Like, you can look at when the Raptors lost to Boston. They're at, the, the Celtics were without their starting front court, Al Horford and Robert Williams, and they got outplayed in the front court by Luke Cornett and Blake Griffin, right? So that clearly tells you that you're going to lose the center matchup every single night. Like, every single night, you will lose that center matchup. But it's like, okay, fine, right? What else do we have? Well, first off, you lose one of your three shooters in OG, who wasn't even shooting that well, but obviously OG does so much other stuff that's positive. Huge, you know, missing part to the lineup. So then you decide, okay, we're going to reintroduce Gary to the starting lineup, which is good, 
Like, Gary, honestly, has been playing well, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, right? His numbers have looked better coming off the bench of late, but there's nothing that he's doing that I feel like he couldn't also be doing with the starters. So he comes back in, delivers with the starters. You know, that's as expected, right? But now that you have Fred and Gary in the backcourt, you now all of a sudden have size mismatches. You saw a lot of Fred guarding either Franz Wagner or Mo Wagner at times. Now, some of that was like pre-switching. They want to introduce, like, let's say Mo Wagner into the screen for the guard. Then Fred can just switch off onto the point guard. You know, like, it's not just because they like that one-on-one matchup. Sometimes they do that to, like, you know, arrange the to counter the counter. But at the same time, you do have size, uh, you know, issues, right? When you have those two small guards out there, it does kind of corrupt the fact that you have, uh, you know, you want to play with all these long athletes. Those, those two guys are the, the two guys in the rotation who aren't long athletes, right? You don't have a third guard to turn to, right? Because of the fact that the Raptors have not prioritized signing one. Um, they have, you know, Malachi, who honestly probably could have gone some run in this game, even if it's just for the scoring. Uh, but they gave the, the opportunity to Delano. I mean, he's another guy who just, he just blends into the background, the morass of like, guys who can't hit threes and guys who aren't looking for their offense, who who mostly just score in transition or off putbacks, which are defense defendable plays for a team like the magic who could just focus on, let's get the, let's get the defensive rebound and then let's collapse the paint. Like it's not that hard, right? Or let's get back in transition. Like it's not that hard to take away some of those things. Those are things that you can defend against as, as any, any NBA team should be able to defend against, you know, things like, um, uh, offensive rebounding or transition scoring. So you, you don't have a third guard. You played Delano. He doesn't deliver for you. Not a surprise. You know, he doesn't play in the second half. Okay. So you're riding Fred and you're riding Gary for a combined 40. They're both playing 42 minutes tonight, right? And they're not just like 42 empty minutes. Like if you're asking them to guard, you're asking them to shoot, you're asking them to drive. Like you're, you're really asking them to lay it all on the line. And they did. I mean, Fred, this guy got hit in the head three, four times in the same game. You know, he got kneed in the head by accidentally by Fultz. He got hit in the head accidentally by uh, Kevon Harris, who was with the Raptors on a five last year. I thought he came in and played pretty good pressure defense, which is what he did with the nine five last year as well. Um, and then Fred also gets elbowed in the head for flagrant one by Fultz. Right. And again, none of these uh, on purpose and, and they, they shook hands afterwards. It's all good that your Fred understands what's going on. But like, you're asking him to do that, right? Gary Trent Jr. getting knocked over repeatedly on jumpers. Sometimes he's sticking his leg up, but still, like, there's a lot of contact. Or, you know, he's driving hard to the basket, and he goes up for an up fake. Cole Anthony jumps over him, flips him into the stands. His his eyes cut. Like, these are, like, these are hard 42-minute shifts, okay? Um, and you're asking him to sort of hold up the entire game for you because you don't have a third guard. And then, of course, you don't have a center. And all of a sudden, you don't have enough shooters either because most of your your big athletes are actually not guys who really shoot the three well. And then on top of that, the other team's big athletes are actually bigger than yours. So, like, the usual advantages they would have weren't even there for you, right? So, when you put all that together, it's not too much of a surprise that Orlando lost this game or won this game and the Raptors lost this game once again to Orlando. Um, But at the same time, you can't overcome the fact that the expectations got to be higher than this, right? Like, I've been saying this on this show all season, I think there's been some pushback on that front, and I, I'm just going to agree to disagree on that front. But 
I have expectations of the Raptors. The Raptors have expectations of the Raptors. Like the, this was the coming into this year when you looked at this stretch of where the Raptors were going to be playing against this, you know, string of teams. You know, okay, I, at the start of the year when when they had a tough schedule and they were like just a little bit over five hundred, you understood, right? Ultimately, you understood. This is, you know, it's a tough it's a tough start to the season. You know, you, there's a couple of games here or there that you drop that you really shouldn't have, whatever, right? Or tough back to backs, you know. But they, they fought through that. And then when Pascal got hurt, it was like, okay, well, that's too bad. But, you know, he's your top guy. So if you're going to be inconsistent during that stretch, whatever, right? But when you literally look back at it, it's not even like the Raptors have played that strong opposition of late, right? You caught the Mag- Orlando Magic three times in a span of two weeks, right? And, and you lost two of those. Uh, you've played Brooklyn three times already. And you're about to play them for a fourth time this week. You've, you've lost all three of those. And, and Brooklyn is just like a team that you should be on the same level with, right? And the start of the season, Brooklyn was obviously in much bigger disarray between Kyrie and Ben Simmons and all that other stuff. So, you know, you lost to them then as well. Um, you play the Boston Celtics, which is a tough game, but they're on the second night of a back-to-back, playing their third game in four nights. They don't even give their best effort, and the Raptors still lose in that game, right? And then you look at you're losing to Atlanta, you're losing to Indiana, you're losing to Oklahoma. It, it, it's not you know, it, it's not necessarily like the Raptors have played their toughest stretch yet. They haven't really gone on a long road trip yet. They haven't really gone out west yet, and you know those games are going to be tough. And so. My point is, you probably have to come back to something like this, and you really have to think about the big picture. Yes, you lose this game, but what does the front office think about you losing this game, right? Because they're starting to get involved, too. You start to hear a little bit now, right? You start to hear about, you know, uh, Sportsman's Michael Grange reported that two sources told him that Scotty Barnes had a meeting with, or Masai had a meeting with Scotty Barnes. This was after the Raptors lost uh, against New Orleans. Uh, Masai must have flown down to Brooklyn to go meet with him. Um, and you know, okay, so the sit down, right? And we'll we'll get more details of that with with Grange when he comes on the show on Monday. Uh, but you know, the reporting says hard truths, right? That doesn't sound like a, like a friendly meeting. That sounds more like a I'm challenging you to play better meeting. And the results of that, I mean, up and down, I would say. Like he had two games where he had 17 rebounds, which was cool. But you know, he also had a game. Uh, that night against Brooklyn where he had seven turnovers. He also had the last Orlando game where he just really struggled to score. And then this Orlando game where he turned up the effort, but it wasn't really there in terms of delivering the production. And so, you know, there's got to be some concern all around. And and on top of that, you just don't get the sense that there is uh, being around the team, even watching them play, um, all that other stuff. You just don't fully get the sense that there's like a cohesiveness to this whole idea, right? Like this seems to me more like, the start of the Raptor season back when, when 2013, when they were really going on the road and struggling. And remember that game against, you know, uh, Houston where Rudy Gay shot like 11 of 37 and then he banned stat sheets in the locker room and they lost that game in like double overtime, scoring only like 80 something points. Like it, it feels closer to that than it does in some of the other seasons where the Raptors have gone off to slow starts. Like last season, for example, the Raptors were in a very similar place last season but they just weren't able to, they were able to turn it back around and really find a cohesiveness and identity. You're starting to really struggle to, to see the Raptors getting to that point. I think they're actually closer to that Rudy Gay season than they are now, but you know what? Um, I'm getting away from the game itself a little bit. So I'm going to take a quick break. And on the other side, I'm going to recap more details of this specific performance. There were some positives. I thought Fred did better. I thought Gary did better. Uh, and I'll try to cover those on the other side of this break. But for now, you'll be listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fit. 
Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet. I'm not a fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Continue to recap the Toronto Raptors 111-99 loss to the Orlando Magic. Um, yeah, rough one. Really rough one. Um, I, I think if you're looking for positives... I would I would say mostly just the guards. You know, I, I think for Fred, I mean, look, the three-point shot is still not there. I think I've said this for, I don't know, 20 straight episodes. Um, but, you know, it's not there yet. Okay. Um, but he is making more of a concerted effort to drive or getting inside. This game reminded me a little bit of that Lakers effort where he was able to get into the paint and score. Now, we knew obviously that was more of a one-off, but still, like, his effort is there. He's he's getting to the line. I mean, like, it's not easy to get to the line 12 times. He took a lot of punishment tonight. Um, and so he's trying to mix it up a little bit down there. Now, of course, that's not going to be the primary way in which he contributes and scores. Um, but, again, like, you do need scoring, right? On a, on a game like this where Pascal's really below his level, and I don't even know how he played 37 minutes, even though he couldn't play, like, the entire second quarter just because of foul trouble. He must have played the entire second half. Wow. All right, the minute management is is uh is a sign of desperation there. Um but still, uh yeah, Fred was able to get into the paint and you know, defensively he was he was okay, like you know, was in the right positions, he's fighting. Again, with Fred, you just never have to worry about his effort or even his intent. Like he's really trying to take ownership of this thing and trying to will them to life. Something we've known this about Fred dating back a long time now. He's always carried that mantle. And so the shots aren't falling for him, but the effort is there. I like him getting to the paint. 20 points on 4 of 11 shooting is pretty like amazing for him. Uh, obviously, that's majority free throws, but that's that's good, right? He was able to get into the lane. And so I think for him, it's just you just hope that he's not too burnt out physically, right? Because we've already seen what that might look like um last season we saw him bang knees today we saw him get hit upside the head a few times saw him sent to the deck a few times like it's yeah i mean this you you just you just know that you can't sustainably use him like this but it is good to know that uh you know he was able to find ways to contribute like um was the raptors best distributor of the ball as well again because pascal was was out and, and and just honestly even when he was in in the second half he just never was nearly as aggressive I mean, you look at tonight's game versus what he did the previous time against orlando night and day difference in terms of the aggressiveness mostly because he's in the back of his mind worried about picking up fouls um so he gotta get better on that front like you know just because you're in foul trouble doesn't mean you, you get disconnected from the game like i see friend in foul trouble before and he doesn't get disconnected from the game ever right so you know that is a lesson for Pascal to learn, but ultimately that responsibility falls on somebody to generate the offense. And it's, it fell to Fred and it, to be honest, it shouldn't fall to Fred. Um, you know, I, I think that you would have wanted to see more of that from Scotty. You would have wanted to see even a little bit more of that from Gary. I actually wouldn't have minded if Gary took like 25 shots tonight. He seemed like the only guy who had legs to make jumpers. Uh, he finishes 24, um, some step back jumpers got fouled in a couple of times, you know, again, it, it's, it's, a testament to his professionalism that he's able to take the same approach with the starters or off the bench and just come in and deliver whatever role Nick has from that day, whether, you know, it, it, it's coming off the bench or starting or, you know, whatever, right. Limiting his minutes, closing the games, you know, opening the game, he's going to be in there and he's going to produce. And, and I, I appreciated that he was able to score. He's able to get to the jump shots, a couple drives mixed in there as well. Good footwork, good, good touch on the floater, you know, obviously the, the the shots are going to come and go sometimes for him, and of course that's where you look at. Okay, is his defense there for you? Uh, is he playmaking for others? But I actually thought tonight, even though he only had one assist, I thought he actually made the extra pass a few times 
which actually looked pretty good. It's it's a little noticeable, obviously, because mostly he looks to shoot. But, you know, he was able to make that extra pass. Guys weren't able to knock it down. But I liked the reads. I liked even what he did defensively. I, I didn't think there was a letdown on the perimeter from him. And so, you know, Gary's played well. And when you look at those two guys, like, that's primarily what went right for you. Um, you know, I think probably a little bit of Ken Birch. Like, Ken is probably going to get a star tonight again. It's never great that Ken Birch is getting these stars. It does suggest to a sign of bigger issues. Um, but at the same time, you got to, you know, at least like the fact he was able to come in there and provide some physicality and and it's something so underrated, but scoring on pick and rolls. That's another thing with the Raptors where when you don't have a center, you just really struggle to score on pick and rolls, right? Especially, the you know, the simple things like uh, – a firm screen to sort of get separation for the ball handler. So Fred's able to turn the corner or get downhill, get to the second layer of the defense, draw someone to him, bounce pass to the big who's rolling at that time, ability to catch the ball. Then, you know, maybe doesn't all the way for a layup or a dunk each time, but a little flip shot, a little push shot, some ability to score on the move like that. And, 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 Cam gives that to you. Like genuinely, he's way ahead of Christian on that front. If Christian had a push shot like Ken Birch, he'd be playing 30 minutes for the Raptors, but he doesn't. Right. And, and so, you know, that level of experience for Cam was actually able to shine. Again, I know I'm stretching it because realistically, that's not how the Raptors really want to play. On a given night, you probably would ideally not even have to turn to some of these options, but this is the roster construct, right? This is like when you think about the front office. Are they bringing shooters to the team? Is there even a concerted effort to bring in generators, a, a creative offensive players? I mean, you look at a game like tonight, it's not even like Orlando has that many shooters on their roster, right? Like this is a team that I would just say is okay in terms of the in terms of the offense, in terms of the shooting. To be honest, if I look at the numbers on the season, they're probably below average. But they were able to easily outshoot the Raptors. And how do they get separation in that second quarter? Raptors brick three threes as I described, and then the the Magic at three threes. And how do they get separation in the fourth quarter? Well, Raptors inexplicably left Franz Wagner open for three straight threes. He knocks all those down. Some of that is miscommunication. Some of that is also just like were guys even picking up their assignments? Was the concentration there for the full game? And I would say no. Uh, but they're able to knock down shots for you versus like. And you look at over the years. Look at the offensive generators there. They've they've they brought into the lineup right. Um, guys, and I'm just talking about guys who can get their own shot or at least beat their man and, and, and create the next thing. Obviously, Paolo being the first overall pick, very talented offensive player. Without OG around, he's able to score a little bit easier. Franz Wagner, both games he torched the Raptors. He got like almost 60 points in the, the, the last two games here combined, but he's able to get his scoring off. The, you know, he, he might be the most offensively developed player in that draft right now, that draft class that we thought about last year where they had so many players. Obviously, Cade is still getting into health and, and and fitness i don't even know if he's playing yet you know you could say he's more developed than franz you could say that well jalen green is able to score more efficiently than franz but i think franz has a distributive element to his game and he can kind of score more versatile obviously because he's a bigger player as a forward but he can shoot the ball he can handle the ball he can generate his own offense even knock down some mid-range pull-ups you know uh, you know stopping pulling up on a dime and knocking those down offensively, very impressed by him, right? So he's able to generate offense for you. Mo Wagner is a better offensive creator than anybody the Raptors have in the, in, in the center position, which is not to say that like, wow, I really want Mo Wagner. He's not even that good of an offensive player. He was two of eight for tonight, but guess what? He was able to knock down pick and pop threes. Another thing you don't ever see from the Raptors centers either, right? When do you see the Raptors pick and pop for three? It's not even an option on the table for them because they don't have that kind of talent. And then you look at their shooting talent off the bench, Terrence Ross coming off the bench and knocking down threes. Obviously, 
OG was out, so you had to start Gary. But realistically, Gary should be one of your five starters just in terms of your five best players. If Gary's actually starting and OG's there and Fred's there, who is actually your shooter off the bench that's as good as Terrence Ross? And again, we're comparing rosters to the Orlando Magic who are actively rebuilding slash tanking. And I'm just highlighting position by position where the Raptors' roster construct is worse than Orlando, right? So when when we come into these games and we think about, well, the Raptors are a winning team, we're, we're just going down to Orlando, these games are boring, let's just go win them and come home, right? And that's and, and I put myself in that camp too, right? That arrogance does come to me as well. I'm thinking about it on Friday's show when I talked about, okay, we had like two minutes left to talk about what's coming up this weekend, two games against Orlando. I was just like, whatever, who cares, right? Let's just win them and come home. It's not whatever and come home. There's bigger issues on the Raptors, right? And you know what? Pascal normally has has been really good tonight. Obviously, it was an off night for him, mostly because of the fouls, right? But Pascal can be um, a mid-tier number one, right? At, at the level he's currently at, he's a mid-tier number one option, maybe even slightly higher. I might be underselling him there, right? Uh, but an all-NBA player, there's no doubt he's on that level this year. He should make the all-star team as well, regardless of what the Raptors roster is. So you got Pascal as as your one. Who can you be your number two? It should have been Fred. It should have been Scotty. One of those two. I think they tried to give Scotty the inside track. I have not seen Scotty come back from the offseason with an improved offensive game. I think maybe if you really squint hard and you look at the percentages in a weird way, or not even a weird way, maybe you just like interpret the percentages on face value and say, well, catch and shoot three point shooting, he's stronger. I don't know. Again, I wouldn't say that jump shooting is a strength of Scotty's game right now especially not to the degree that you want from a number two option. I don't think that his off the ball, like the off the dribble creation is at that level either. Right. And of course, these are big skills that he needed to develop from year one. He wasn't showing that much in year one, showed him more in flashes, but you obviously need him in a more primary role this year, especially when, you know, Pascal was out or games, even when Fred was out, Scotty should have been that guy to step up. He had moments that or that 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 uh, Atlanta game comes to mind, but there are more moments where he didn't step up versus or he stepped down and deferred to guys like Malachi or or Delano than he did in terms of stepping up and taking account of the offense. But clearly, offensively, he's not ready for to be that number two option for you. Fred is definitely farther along, obviously, because he's more experienced as a player. But you know, there are issues there in terms of you know he just doesn't look like he's physically generating advantage. He's not getting separation. Right, obviously he's got to knock down threes at an elite rate. He would see him do it in the past, but he hasn't done it this year. Right, so he can't be your number two. Gary, he should be a six man. He should not be your number two. Right, and so you look at that. You look at the fact that you have two big roster construct weaknesses, and again, you look back big picture. What's the front office going to do about it? Right, which which direction are they going to try to go? Are they going to try to support this team? Are they going to obviously Pascal and OG are pretty strong one and two. Maybe OG can be your number two option, but the Raptors don't really treat them like that, do they? Um, even if you try to treat them as a number two option, okay, can you build a cohesive team around the rest of that? Well, if you're going to try to do that, you need to add a third guard and you need to add a center, like a starting caliber center. And if you want to go the other direction, well, that's a whole different story, isn't it? Right. But you know what? When you hear reports of late, when you hear Zach Lowe saying, you know what? There's a lot of buzz there, right? When you hear, um, you know, leaks to the media, right? And you you hear things like um, Scotty's been sit down for a one on one with Masai, and and the team had a team meeting, right? These are things that in the past you just didn't hear about. And and again, when you're when you when you're around this team, and you just hear the just chatter. We're not even talking about reports, just chatter from people who really know. It, it's 
it's not a happy locker room. It's not a happy situation. And uh, yeah, maybe that's to be expected when you lose twice the Orlando Magic. But I think that's a sign of bigger problems rather than um, the bad vibes are a result of these losses. They had the it, it has not been good with this roster and this franchise. So they got to figure it out. I would say they have the talent to do it because we saw them do it last year. But you know, you know, they're they're. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Let's just say that. So uh, to end the show, I'm going to hand out the three stars. First star for me is going to go to probably give it to Fred. 20 points, four rebounds, seven assists, four steals. Got to the free throw line 12 times. Took a lot of punishment. Hope he's okay. Again, he played playing him this hard for this long in a game like this just to lose. Sucks. But I guess that's what you have to do. Uh, Your second star, Gary Trent Jr., 24 points, three rebounds, and assists to steal. Uh, 8 of 18 shooting, knocked down three of the Raptors, six three-point makes of the night. You're never going to win any games in the modern. Like, how are you going to build a team in the NBA in 2022 going into 2023 within like three weeks here that you can only make six threes in a game? And it's not even like, well, the Raptors had a bad shooting night. Yeah, they didn't shoot the ball well tonight. Every night is a bad shooting night for the Raptors. How do you not prioritize three-point shooting in today's NBA? Genuinely strange. And then your third star, Ken Birch, nine points, 18 minutes off the bench. Honestly, if you really want to start big and have some size to start games, I wouldn't even mind going back to spot starting Ken Birch. I, I don't think that that's going to provide you great results in the long run, and there's t- lots of matchups where that's going to be exploited. I don't think he's very strong in the pick-and-roll coverage against guards who can pull up. He doesn't really have the mobility to get out there and then recover. But listen, it's probably better than Christian, who is just you know looking very much like a deer in the headlights each time out. So... Those are your three stars. Your Gerald Henderson Award winner is uh, Mo Bamba. I thought, wow, I mean, he he was awesome. 18 points, nine rebounds, and assists, two blocks, 23 minutes, dunking everything, shooting everything, getting to the free throw line, blocking everything. The only thing that was unfortunate for him is that Chris Boucher collided with him on a, on a on trying to jump a passing lane, and Bamba was down. It was a little bit scary for a bit there, uh, but he was able to come back to this game and play really well. So, um, yeah, Mo Bamba, who is, just joins a long line of centers, without play the Raptor centers. But uh, anyway, that's enough for today's podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Check out Monday's show. We're going to try to get more information on what's going on with the team. And uh, hopefully we start to see them turning around. So thanks everyone for listening.